Shifley, leave it for Connor. Why not? What a move in front. Shifley scores! Winnipeg and the Jets have a special place in, uh, in my heart. Cross for Ehlers, gives to Stastny, drops for Lion A, shooting, scores! Hockey fans, how is it going today? It is Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. Uh, I am co-host Tom. I've got with me, as always, well, not with me. I've got him over there in his isolation bunker. Uh, co-host Randy, how you doing today, buddy? Doing pretty good. I'm uh, ready to talk some isolation hockey. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if people are losing their zest for hockey. I think that uh, I've kind of tuned out of, like, all the discussion we're not well, you know, that's not a great promo for our podcast we're about to do, but like I'm still like I miss hockey, but I'm not um I'm not consuming hockey at the obviously at the same rate as I normally do, but I really miss playing it lately, like last couple of days. Uh how are you holding out with your lack of hockey, um, playing and watching and all the rest of it? Uh well, you know, I would say that I do miss playing it. Yeah. As far as watching it, I think I'm still getting my fair share of hockey intake by like random YouTube videos. Yeah. Also by working on the the Pavel Barber documentary that I'm making, I've got no shortage of hockey stuff to watch. Hockey B-roll. So that's kind of <laughs> been I guess filling filling the my appetite, my hockey yeah. appetite. Um, I think I need to up I need to up my YouTube uh, hockey consumption and just go back and yeah, that's what I need to do. I mean, you know that how the, they have the NHL hundred, like, and it's like a hundred profiles of players and coaches and stuff through the years. Uh, I'm yeah. gonna go and watch all hundred of those. That's my <laughs> that's my goal for the next couple days, I guess. <laughs> well, and even on YouTube, like, I noticed. I don't know. Maybe I guess it was when I was picking the clips for. The new intro that we just rolled, and that's our second week of very, roll, of rolling yeah, that intro. Very nice, by the way. Um, very nice. I've in my YouTube like recommended videos lately. I've been having like all these classic '80s Jets clips show up for me, and like there was this one like where it was like a big brawl between the Jets and the Canucks, mm. and then there was another one. Um, just a, like some classic '80s clips where they're like 14 minute long clips. <laughs> And I'm just watching watching yeah. them. And, uh, you know, also, like, that Dave Ellett overtime goal, the clip yeah, that, that came that. from is, a, like, a longer clip where he scores and then the fans are just losing their mind for a while. And then, like, yeah. the announcer starts talking again or whatever. But there's some pretty long clips on there that, uh, you know, I guess, you know, like, YouTube's algorithm kind of knows what they I've know been watching know. and it's, yeah. like, suggesting these these new ones for me. So, yeah. yeah, I would say that, yeah, I actually, I really do miss skating. Like, I love skating around. That That's mm-hmm. maybe the biggest thing missing right now. Yeah. So, 
um yeah being able to skate would be really cool right now but um i do have a hockey stick at home and a tennis ball that i've been kind of stick handling with and actually that reminds me um I'll be getting that hockey net for you there soon, Tommy. Yeah. I can leave it in the back lane for you or something. Well, that would be perfect because I got the uh, concrete jungle out back. And so I'm going to set up, uh, I'll set the net up and yeah, I'll take good care of it. And and you can, once this whole isolation quarantine business is over, you can come over and visit it anytime <laughs> you want. So Sweet. Actually, I just, I just dropped off my sauce kit for a friend of mine and his son to use. So nice. spreading the hockey joy around for everybody that needs You're it. You're like hockey Santa. I am. And you know what? I'm going to just call out the boys here for a sec. I'm going to be like, I, I, you know, I, I tried to start a little trend on the Caressive Steel WhatsApp uh, yeah. message group there. And I'd made a little... Yeah. Dougie Smail challenge and it kind of went nowhere. So hopefully no, someone's no listening and they'll they'll maybe uh, take the take the bull by the horns and and take part in the Dougie Smail challenge. So what is the Dougie Smail challenge for the listeners? So what what do you got to do? Well, basically, um, I th- it would have been I guess maybe like late eighties, early nineties when the Jets chose to retire Bobby Hull's number nine for the Winnipeg Jets. At yeah. that time, Doug Smale was wearing number nine, and uh, he had to switch to number twelve. What so, a nice guy! Yeah, he did that for the you know the Golden Jet. I guess uh, maybe the Golden Jet is uh, take takes precedence so precedence <laughs> over Dougie Smale. But anyways, in you know in Dougie Smale's honor and for being such a team player like that, I figured, hey, like let's uh, juggle the tennis ball for twelve times in a row and then challenge the next <laughs> player and. So I did that, and you know, I guess uh, maybe... the player you challenged hasn't hasn't replied. No, I guess uh, maybe they're it's up like to something ghosted, else. They've ghosted the chat. I think so. Maybe maybe yeah. he's a Bobby Hull fan, and uh, <laughs> he didn't like my sense of humor. But anyways, there, there um, hopefully uh, the Dougie Smale challenge will take off here soon. Maybe if there's a a, a caressive steel, uh, you know teammate listening maybe they'll uh, resurrect that uh yeah and you know what let's open it up to all the listeners uh we'll post it on the talking hockey instagram even we'll uh and uh we'll open it up to we'll, we'll whoever get this wants to do the Smail dougie smell challenge, Smail challenge. Yeah. yeah okay yeah. um right on that well let's let's uh i'm thirsty randy let's uh talk about our craft beer of the week and then, uh, and then we'll get into our talking hockey program here. So, what do you got today? Today, I'm rocking the Seventh Stab Red Ale from Barnhammer. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's a, a double IPA, isn't it? No, it's a red ale. Red so, ale, six point three percent. I've been rocking the Barnhammer lately. Actually, I did a little order online, and you do the curbside pickup. I kind of wanted to yeah. go for a bit of a cruise. Yeah. So I made an order of a bunch of Barnhammer 66, a la my homeboy Joshua Hosang. Yeah. <laughs> that joke will never get old. No, um, big shout out to Jay, <laughs> Jay Hosang. I don't know why, I just want to abbreviate it. <laughs> and then I got a couple uh, uh, Lumberjacks, and I got they also have a peanut butter stout, and then I got a few of these... Uh, Seventh Stab Red Ales. So, nice. been rocking the Barnhammers. Nice. What do you got there? 
Today I've got uh, something by Torque, kind of the Barnhammer's neighbor, neighbor out there in St. James, uh, Polo Park type area, wherever that is. Roundabout, uh, it's, it is also kind of a red ale. They call it an English dark mild. It's like a pub ale, basically. Um, so yeah, probably uh, it's a little milder than the one you got. This one clocks in at a even 5%. More of a session beer, I guess you might call it. But um, as in, you can have a bunch of them in one session. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what they're getting at. <laughs> but um, I read an article about IPAs lately that they were saying how session IPAs are becoming a thing. Yeah, because like everybody was going crazy with the IPAs, and they were all going to be like eight percent or whatever. And so people were like, "Man, one of those," and I'm like, "Okay, I don't need," you know. But the session ones, they're like 4.55%, but they got all of that flavor. They're awesome. So, yeah, you can have like a few of them, you know? Uh, Anyway, so. All right, let's dig in. Torque roundabout. So let's crack it. I've got a glass I'm going to pour mine into here. Same here. I got a Granville Island glass. Oh, I got an Okanagan Springs glass. That's. uh, I probably came free with a case of beer or something at one point that's how i get most of my pint glasses i've had a lot of pint glasses over the years i was thinking about it and um a lot of them have been broken and i was thinking about that like none of them have been broken by me it's always uh my brother (laughs) not to single you out there john boy but uh or like uh you know a friend or whoever and or accidental always of course but anyway um yeah so well that just means the beer the beer is flowing and the the good times are being had when the glasses are being or we're a bunch of klutzes and (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah cheers cheers maybe um let's start the show by doing a cheers to uh colby cave um yes for sure nhl uh and uh the hockey community at large kind of lost a guy this week uh Colby Cave from Battleford, Saskatchewan. Not sure if it was the North or South Battleford, but um, yeah, passed away just the other day at 25 years old. Uh, He had been put into a medically induced coma because of a brain bleed. So uh, yeah, pretty sad news. And uh, he played for the Edmonton Oilers, of course. Um, He was drafted by Boston. Yeah, I think he scored his first NHL goal with the Boston yeah. Bruins. And yeah. I actually I saw the post there that Adam Lowry made because they were teammates. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, sent, you sent that. And then also, uh, you know, kind of after looking at the post there from Adam Lowry, uh, I came across the post from uh, Colby's uh, wife. And it was a mm. pretty uh, touching and emotional post that, um, sure. obviously, you know, a tough period of time for the folks there, but hopefully, you know, uh, well, for sure he'll, he'll be remembered forever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, kind of thing you don't think, you know, like a young athlete and, uh, it just goes to kind of show, you know, uh, anything can happen and you can't take life for granted. That is for sure. So, um, yeah, it was a nice touching post by Adam Lowry, teammates uh, with a teammate with Colt. Sorry, yeah, Colby in Swift Current. 
as juniors for the Broncos. But uh, yeah, cheers to to Colby, RIP. And uh, yeah, heavy news, heavy news. But uh, yeah, so I don't know, I guess um, for this episode to to, uh, sort of kick off, we want to maybe just have a quick revisit of last week's episode, which was our all-time Jets roster that we constructed alongside Jared uh, from UMFM. He joined us, and we talked, uh, we put together a team that we thought could be the best Jets roster ever of all time, 1.0, 2.0 combined. And, uh, yeah, you wanted to touch on maybe a couple of the, the choices we made or some some feedback or well how was how was the listener feedback did anyone come back to us and say that we were completely crazy <laughs> no no nobody said uh, we were crazy i think uh there was some positive feedback um uh don't have it in front of me of course because uh i'm not i wasn't prepared for this uh line of questioning <laughs> but uh i know my dad he, well, we were talking over Easter, obviously, and then he, uh, his feedback, what he took away from it all was like, he was like, I totally forgot Phil Housley played for the Jets. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. But, um, of course, uh, dad was a Leafs fan or is a Leafs fan. He's a Hawks fan as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, there was, there was some good feedback. The goalie, I made a few posts, uh, about, the episode and the uh, players we picked and stuff. And uh, definitely the goalie post was very popular. I think goalies on Instagram are just like, it's a popular, like you just put the hashtag goalie or goaltender or tendy or anything like that. And it's just like people, they love it. Um, but Bob, a uh, former guest of the show here, Matt uh, Nightingale. Oh yeah. Um, he pointed out, that uh, Bob Essenza, or as Jared pronounced him, Essenza. I'm not sure what the proper pronunciation there is, but uh, Matt Nightingale pointed out that uh, Bob Essenza was nominated for the Vezina Trophy in 91-92. Wow. And that's who he would uh, choose as his number one goalie. Okay. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, a few a few votes for Essenza, actually. And uh, this one uh, commenter, Ultra, I'm not even going to try to read that. But anyway, he says, as long as Hellebuck wears Chris Mason's sweet pads. You remember those ones that he's talking about? Oh, yeah. Like with the Jets logo on them? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he was the backup goalie for Jets 2.0 when they came back, I guess. Season one, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. And he had he had some very deadly pads. Basically, uh, it was the had... Jets logo like split over his two pads. So, mm. yeah, like if you put the pads together, it was like the full logo. And then, yeah, uh, yeah, he, I remember him always, he always had sweet gear. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know what? Like, honestly, the, the three goalies that we picked, Hellebuck number one, Habby Bulan number two, and Bobby Essence number three, you could, you could flip a coin or, you know, put those guys in, in a hat and pick one guy out and you'd, you'd be good to go with any one of them as the, uh, as the starter. But, yeah. uh, you know, I think, I think like, we made the right choices. Like, like we mentioned last, last week there, um, you know, Winnipeg has a legit number one goalie. And actually I saw something on Twitter just before uh, recording here that I guess like all the sports net, 
um, like insiders or whatever, they were all asked to pick their goalie of, of the year, and they all yeah. picked Hellebuck, or most of them picked Hellebuck. I think like I saw that too. Eight or ten people, I think. The or other like two that. were one was Rask and one was Vasilevsky. So yeah, Hellebuck so, was other than those two choices he's getting to the respect that uh yeah i guess i guess all those people listened to talking hockey last week (laughs) (laughs) yeah we've made it randy we're insiders uh everybody's an insider these days with the quarantine orders so (laughs) yeah um yeah i don't know i think uh, i think we did a good job with the the jets all-time roster um uh zamnov i think was what our big mistake that we left out but honestly like how are you going to squeeze him in there I yeah know, i guess you you take randy gilhan out or whatever but we we made our cases for those character guys well it's so. the same thing too it's like when they're picking the 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 canada like national team for the olympics or whatever are you going to put a skilled guy on the fourth line or are you going to put a guy that needs to grind you know and yeah exactly so if 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 jamnoff is going against uh you know, Sergio Momesso on the fourth lines, like, well, Jamnov's going to get worked because you need yeah. to, you need to get, uh, you need some, some diggers and some bumpers and grinders in there. So, uh, That's right. I don't so, know. Somebody's... We, we, we built our lineup, uh, you know, based on, on, uh, you know, best guy per, per position, per, per line. And I think we did a pretty good job. Yeah. I'd agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was a lot of fun doing it. Um, and I learned some things along the way. <laughs> Actually. And you know what? The day that we posted the show, the Jets did like a online, like video game battle of like current Jets right. versus alumni Jets. Yeah. Uh, like on, on PlayStation or whatever, how they would have done it. But like on, yeah. on an EA sports NHL 2020 or whatever is out now. Yeah. And the uh, the current Jets beat the alumni Jets, I think, by one goal, like in a shootout. But was it the who was playing the um, each team? Was it young Jets playing themselves and then old Jets playing themselves? Because <laughs> yeah. old people are very good at yeah. video games. They, it was like, uh, yeah, you know, Dave Ellett trying to play video games. <laughs> With line A. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I think it was a, the... I think it was a computer sim kind of thing going on or whatever. But okay. I, I, I watched like you know I I it's a little difficult to watching people play video games. But I yeah. tuned in for the first minute and was like, oh okay, that's pretty cool. All right, I'll go do something else. But maybe that's on YouTube. It can be part of my. Um, I think my, I think like... they probably posted the whole thing. If and actually, you know, no offense to the Jets and everything that they do, but. They actually had somebody like do the play-by-play announcing, like, <laughs> and it was painful. I couldn't like. I think that was m- more so the reason why I had to turn it off. But uh, yeah. you know, it wasn't like uh, you know the in the in-game announcer from the video games. Like it whoever. wasn't like the apocalypse uh, announcers. Oh uh, no, no, <laughs> like, those guys are are second to none. So- <laughs> yeah, shout out there to uh, Sam. I'm, I'm blanking on his last name, but he did a great job at Apocalypse. And then we had all kinds of guest announcers in the broad in the broadcast booth at Apocalypse back in February. That was a great time. Good I was times. reflecting on uh, I was reflecting on Apocalypse recently here, being all 
quarantine and missing hockey and stuff, I um, was going through your photos that were posted on the Apocalypse website and just kind of, you know, uh, going down memory lane. So, <laughs> <laughs> With like some slow music playing in the background? Or what? <laughs> yeah, it was a montage. <laughs> yeah. It was a montage. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so right on. So that's uh, our all-time Jets. If you missed it, go back and listen to the previous episode. So we're season two, episode 23 right now. That was uh, episode 22. We did our all-time Jets roster. And uh, yeah, the feedback was pretty good. And um, I think we'll uh, try to do more stuff like that, you know, where we kind of pick a theme maybe and and just uh, give some in-depth chitter chatter about that one topic so oh, yeah and also we are uh the the folks here the uh behind the scenes people here at talking hockey there's a whole crew there's like 28 people that work here on we did have to hockey. fire the intern though yeah but there's like you know a whole crew of like engineers and and technical directors and and mm. sound sound engineers and camera people that uh yeah there's 28 oh, I'll just count here yeah, 28 of them um so but we're currently rocking house party for recording our our episodes here so anybody yeah. out there if you want to talk hockey and talk jets maybe here in the next little while it's as easy as getting the house party app and you could join us on a future yeah, episode right. of talking hockey that'd be pretty fun that would be that'd be really fun actually so um if you're on house party um, or you're not, but you should be or whatever, just, yeah, grab it and then, um, drop us a DM and stuff or email. So, you know, like all the email and everything is on our website, umfm.com slash podcasts, talking hockey. Um, but you know, at talking hockey podcast on Instagram and then, uh, we're there on Twitter as well. And, uh, yeah, so that'd be fun and, and, or WhatsApp if you're, one on the one of our chat groups or whatever but um let's do that so yes. f- going from old jets uh or all-time jets to brand new jet there's an actual sort of hockey signing a hockey topic to talk about a current hockey topic again i guess the news for this came out i think the day after our last episode um, I let me check the date on that one. April seventh uh, at noon is when uh, Sportsnet made a story. Okay, it said, um, I guess the Jets put it out at ten thirty a.m. on April seventh. Sportsnet was a little late to the game picking that one up. Well, but, I guess uh, yeah. The big news is the Jets signed, uh, you know, their their blue chip prospect Dylan Samberg. Right. Um, he's gonna be. He was drafted a few years ago, but he chose to kind of keep going back to college. Played I guess. College. Uh, NCAA. What is he? Uh, Minnesota Duluth, or where was yeah, he playing? University yeah. of Minnesota Duluth. So that's up on Lake Superior. Well, if you're in Winnipeg, it's down on Lake Superior, I suppose, but or over. I don't know how you would describe it, but. <laughs> and they were they were back to back national champs, and he went back for one more year to try yeah, and three beat. Yeah, but uh, um, you know the season came to an end. But uh, I guess he chose to now turn pro, and uh, yeah, looks like he'll be coming to Winnipeg whenever the season resumes. I guess, or yeah, yeah. In addition to his um, back-to-back NCAA Division One championships, he's got 
a bronze and a silver from the world juniors with team USA. Um, he's, uh, he's from Hermantown, Minnesota. Couldn't tell you where that is. I assume it's just like a suburb of Minneapolis, but I don't, I don't really know. And he's a big boy too. I think he eh? like six, four. He is. He's um, a left shot defenseman. Listed as six, four two fifteen. So that's you and left shot. You immediately start to think Ben Sherratt, like, yeah. uh, former, as far as filling, yeah, I know new jet filling old jet hole or whatever, but, uh, Ben Sherratt is a guy that the jets missed. I think Big And time. you look at D- D- Dylan Sandberg coming in and you think, Oh, maybe. And, and Sandberg in university, uh, this season had 21 points in 28 games. So for a defenseman in NCAA, that's, that's really good. And so he's pair- got a, Oh, sorry. I was just going to say he's got an offensive flair to some degree. And apparently there's some sort of link to the past with uh, Neil Pionk and his family. Uh, I guess I guess maybe Dylan played with like one of Neil's younger brothers or something and they've kind of known each other for quite a while. So maybe that's a future Jets de-pairing with a big boy like Sandberg on the left and a... Uh, you know, yeah. offensively minded Pionk on the right, and uh, you got Josh yeah, Morrissey, cool. and you know, we're com- and you know, eventually you got uh, Billy Heinola coming coming back into the mix. Like, yeah, we, we've got a decent little uh, decor lining up here yeah. in the you know in what? the near um, future. Would it be worth going over and looking at like? Um, you know, like assuming that the rest of this season is canceled, because I think that's what it's leading to. They just haven't been saying anything because they don't want to do, you know what I mean? So um, they're waiting to the last po- possible moment, probably to cancel the whole season. But I think that's just kind of how it's going to shake down. But that's my personal opinion. But for me, it's I- like um, you've got a baseball game that afternoon and your parents are like, you know, oh, the game's not going to be canceled. Like, it's not it's not going to rain or whatever. And yeah, yeah, you, that like, thunderstorm's not going to... But you yeah. see, like, these really dark clouds, like, coming in. It's like, okay, like, I, I get it. The game's going to be canceled here. Like, you can just give it to me straight. So, yeah, I think, yeah, maybe the NHL is holding on for, for something, but, yeah. It's a pretty I, good analogy. I have a feeling that this season's going to be canceled. But anyways... Yeah. Um, needless so, to say, so for next season, yeah, <clears throat> we can imagine what the Jets' blue line might look like, and in doing so, uh, you think of the Jets' blue line this season, and the big storyline, of course, was everybody who wasn't there for the national media. I think locally, we were looking at who was here, and it was like, well, you know, they ended up doing a very respectable job in part because of Connor Hellebuck being the goalie who played lights out. But like you look at the Winnipeg Jets, they were in the top uh, eight or 10 in the whole league in goals against per game. Um, And the defense really kind of came together or was coming together Um, in their last, you know, 10 or 15 games. They allowed no more than three goals any time. I don't think maybe once they got blown out, but you know, like they, they were on a, an impressive uh, run of sound defensive hockey. And um, 
but there's some free agents there. And then there were guys who were kind of playing above their head, you know what I mean? Or above their weight, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And, and so you think about what the jets could do to bring back guys or whatever, like Nathan Beaulieu is a free agent. I think at the end of this year, um, Kulikov is, uh, I think there's maybe, well, like Spiza and, um, Tato. Who's the other guy? Potato and like you know, om- there's a lot of them. Basically, it's only Pionk, Morrissey, and I think Tucker Pullman still signed. Yeah. yeah. So uh, well, anyway. Sa- Sammy Niku is going to be a restricted free agent, so there's a good yeah. chance that he'll be back. I think Dylan yeah, Demello. Dylan Demello is a Demello's the other UFA. He's a UFA, but I think he'll probably be back. Um. It was, it's nice to think he would be. I think that he, like, I I feel like he. Pro, there's a good chance of him coming back. Yeah. Um, I think we'll for, see, I guess, I right? think for Kulikov, he'll be back if he signs for maybe half as what he was making. Otherwise, right. I think... He was in the four-something million range. Or yeah. I think otherwise the Jets will just let him walk because they can't yeah. pay that much money for for a player like him. Like he should be third pairing basically, but because of the circumstances. Yeah, was... like well, if if you can have Spiza for a million or or a Kulikov, you know, for three, I think you're going to take Spiza, right? So you can have the cap space. Yeah. Um, and then same thing with well, Spiza, I think signed for seven hundred and fifty thousand, and so did Bitetto. So if you can get those guys on on contracts like that again, which I think they probably would be, because it seemed like they all. You know, apparently what with everything that they're saying in the media that the Jets were a tight group, so maybe uh there's a group of guys here that'll resign for cap friendly deals. Um Yeah. But you know, regardless, you've got Morrissey locked up, you've got Neil Pionk, you've got uh Heinola, you've got uh, Samberg coming in, uh Sammy Niku will most likely be back because he's RFA. Um Tucker Pullman you know, you've got, you've got, you know, some, and then you just kind of supplement with, you, you probably need like another top four guy, like whether yeah. it's DeMello or you, you, you sign somebody from, from elsewhere. Yeah. Um, like that was, that's been the talk that there's, you know, the Jets will have cap room and all the rest of it to go after a top four defenseman this season in the off season. But then when you start thinking about like all the guys that we just listed or that you just listed and you've only got six spots and a guy in the press box eating popcorn, um, who's in the AHL? So like Niku, I mean, he's going to be in the AHL again, uh, I would say, out of that group. Because uh, I would put Poolman in and I'd put Kulikov in. And if DeMello's back, that's three. And then you got Pionk and Morrissey is five and six or sorry four and five so you need one more guy and is dylan sandberg the guy like do they do you think he plays any time in the nhl do you think he steps right into the nhl roster and there's six defensemen plus uh anthony potato is your seventh or whatever you know what i mean um, I, I think the jets will make a legit shot at trying to bring in maybe like a a two or a three spot defenseman yeah. And then that just pushes everybody down a spot, right? And then you've got, you know, you don't have maybe Tucker Pullman playing in a spot that is above, you know, where he should be or 
or that kind he, of thing? I, I thought he his game was uh, very like like coming around real nicely towards the mid to you know since the All Star break or whatever. Like I, I, he scored in a few straight games there yeah, at the end right. of the season too, yeah. and like. You know, he was starting to get a little comfy, you could see. And I don't mean, like, comfy in a bad way. Like, he was starting to settle in a bit. But, um, yeah, I don't know. So, I'd have a hard time telling old Tucker, uh, buddy, untuck that (laughs) jersey. You're off to the minors. No, but Tucker Pullman could play, like, on the third pairing with somebody. If it's, like, Pullman and Kulikov... Or Poolman and Sandberg, or yeah, I don't know if Sandberg. I don't know. I I'm not sure if he makes the team next year. Yeah, I think they they might play it safe and put him on the moose. You know, maybe for the first part of the year and then bring him up. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I know. I I still think the Jets are kind of one one D man away, like one legit top four defenseman. I, I would agree that that they sh- it would be worthwhile going and going free agent shopping for them and looking for somebody on D uh, like a bigger, not, I'm not saying Peter Angelo, but like somebody of some sort of repute, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but like, I think Sandberg, his contract day, eh, it's worth over a million a year, which for a entry level deal is above the, the minimum um so that i i kind of feel like they they think he can almost step right in i don't know but i i would i would agree that he probably starts the year on the ahl unless in like training camp he's just like razzle dazzles and they can't say no yeah at the same time he'll be like what 22 or 23 because he's stayed in college for a couple years He's 21 now. I don't know when his birthday is. But yeah. So then if you look at like he's got a couple years on on Vili Hainola, right? Because Exactly. Yeah. So maybe Which is, because he's bigger and he's older and maybe that gives him yeah. the advantage. Yeah, and that gives Vili Hainola a little time to uh get his pro game kind of even more rounded out because I think he's the real deal. And I and I agree that they should look at bringing Sammy Niku back as oh, an yeah. RFA. But I I kind of think then look into trading him honestly because to me like Hey Nola. Well, I don't know at this point. I don't know, but I think I think Billy Hinola and him are two similar player. Both of them on your team. You know what I mean? That's right. Well, so, the Jets have a kind of enough smaller mobile puck moving offensive defensemen like they need some you know punishing guys maybe or like another Ben Sherrod yeah. or two or something but uh yeah yeah I think eventually but you know there's you got to stock the cupboards so you can make some moves and absolutely yeah as and you know what if um you know maybe maybe Sammy Niku he was battling reportedly battling some injuries all season long from his groin to his knee to whatever it was there. And uh, maybe he comes in next year, just like fit as a fiddle and ready to go. And there's, you know, what do you do then? So it'll be interesting. But I, I think that my main takeaway from all of this is like, you know, Jacob Truba, who Tyler Myers, who, uh, 
etc. Oh like, yeah, they're all they're all uh, distant memories. Yeah, the 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 storyline of last season, like you know, oh, the Jets are you know they had a they had a uh, hobbled together blue line at times this year, and you heard all about it here on Talking Hockey. But um, I think like we did a pretty good job of staying level headed about it because like and recognizing the good job that the guys were doing and uh, going forward, I think that they're in in decent shape and like you know you don't want a, a three rookies on your blue line i don't think so like Hainola, niku i think i mean might not technically be a rookie anymore but essentially is uh samberg you know pullman's barely not you know what i mean like they're all they don't have still a ton young. of experience yeah still young but uh the it looks like a decent group anyway yeah I agree. I can get behind it. Yeah. Or they could get behind me or whatever. If I was <laughs> a forward, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, anyway, looking good. And I'm glad that they got Dylan Sandberg under contract now. Yeah, because I think if he didn't sign, he would have become a free agent. So then Correct. the Jets could have lost him. So I guess he was eager to sign with the big club and kind of get things going and start making some money. Yeah. Yeah, he was quoted, I uh, believe, as saying on the TSN article I read, which I don't have open, but to summarize, he basically said he saw an opportunity um, in Winnipeg, and that was the reason he signed now, and uh, he's ready to go whenever things are ready to go kind of thing. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, because as a, as a lefty and with his size and stuff, I think – yeah. Well, like, I think he's got a future beside Neil Pionk. Yeah. Well, as Minnesota, as a fellow Minnesotan, that could be like on our all-time team. We had right. the Minnesota Man Mountain, Dustin Bufflin, <laughs> and then we had paired Phil with Housley. him, Phil Housley, the Minnesota Mythmaker. <laughs> and they can be talking about Kirby Puckett. And That's right. Their favorite microbreweries. Going to Twins games, drinking um, Surly, uh, you know, all the Minnesota things. Listening to Prince. <laughs> Wearing purple satin or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or The Replacements. That's another yeah. famous Minnesota band. That's true. Yeah. Dillinger 4. Yeah. Uh, are we just naming Minnesota bands now? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, damn it, damn it, damn it. <laughs> I, th- I think that's all I got. Okay. Yeah, I'd have to dip into Google or just really... Oh, actually, Atmosphere is from Minneapolis. Okay. Yeah. I'd have to, I'd have to scroll group. through my phone. Nice. All right. Yeah, it's a good town. Yeah. Well, let's uh, move on to our next little topic here, which is... Well, it's a, bit, it's a uh, tease. We were... This is going to be a tease, yeah. right, for a future episode? Yeah. yeah, so let's do this little tease, and then we'll cut to a break, and then we'll come back with something else. So what we're going to do here is we're going to we're going to do a f- whole future episode about what we're going to talk about but we're going to just kind of briefly get into it. Yeah. Um so basically um maybe next week maybe you know in the next couple weeks for sure we'll we'll nail yeah, down we'll a date here solicit, soon. Yeah. Try to solicit a little fa- uh fan feedback as well. So what we're going to do here is we're going to share our favorite what are we going to say two? You got two uh, or one? 
let's just go with one. Okay, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna do our our one of our favorite Jets 2.0 memories, and so we're gonna you know go get into those right now. But we're gonna do do a whole episode well where we'll just do a whole list of our favorite Jets memories 1.0 mm-hmm. and 2.0. So that will yeah. be a future episode, a whole one. We'll just riff on that and we'll drink a bunch of beers and go for, go to town on that. But right now, we'll just do one memory each from Jets 2.0. Yeah. And uh, Tommy's going to take her away here. Okay, so I'm going to go with... I have, I have two that immediately come to mind. You know, I could, I could deepen that list if I thought about it for more than a split second, but the two that immediately come to mind, I'll go with this one right here because it was, it was pretty wild. I was at the game, uh, that Patrick line, scored his first hat trick as a rookie Winnipeg jet. It was versus Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, and his third goal was the overtime winner. And, uh, it was something else. Um, Oh Yeah. It was, you know, uh, just before Line A scored that overtime winner for the hat trick goal to blow the roof off Bell MTS place. Uh, uh, fellow rookie and number one overall draft pick in that same draft as Line A, a, a certain guy named Austin Matthews. Maybe you've heard of him. Um, he had a breakaway against Michael Hutchinson of your Winnipeg Jets. And uh, Hutchinson shut the door, and then Buff picked up the rebound that Hutchie kicked out to him, took a little circle, one quick look up like that, super long pass from like basically his own hash marks to, I would say, line A was somewhere between the blue line and the center line, and uh, right around the center line kind of, and line A streaked down the right side, Snapped a wrister right over Freddie Anderson's glove, I believe it was. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was just nuts. Um, but the the other crazy thing about that game is that the the Jets were, like, down. They were down 4-1, to one, I think. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Oops. Uh, yeah, my, um, my phone just fell over there, and my house party's going all crazy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, they were down in that game, and and then they fought their way back. I I, I forget. I looked at it recently, and it was either four one or after the first period, it was three nothing. Maybe yeah. I know. Or it I know. Four nothing. Like, yeah, it was four nothing, and yeah. then they scored five goals to come back and win five four in overtime. And the the <clears throat> it was a natural hat trick, I believe, by Line A. He scored the. You know, third, tying. fourth, and fifth. Th- yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, wow. I was at that game too, and I, I, one of my favorite memories would be is that <clears throat> there was uh, two Leafs fans sitting right in front of me and my yeah. dad, and uh, you know, Leafs are scoring, and it looks like they're running away with the game, and the Leafs yeah. fans are just like taunting all the Jets fans, and then all of a sudden the Jets just start working their way back, and. Uh, those guys were slouching further and further into their chairs, and that was, you know, pretty nice to see. Yeah, I went to the game early, um, and I went down to watch warm-ups by kind of like the lower level right by the glass. 
and I was down in the Toronto end and snapped a whole bunch of pics of, uh, you know, Matthews was quite the rookie sensation and everything. And my dad being a Leafs fan and stuff. So I was snapping pics of Toronto and stuff and, uh, sent them to him. And then, um, the, you know, the building was full of Leafs fans, right? Cause like, it's like that whenever the Leafs play anywhere, I think that they're, People are just like, oh, Toronto. <laughs> just, <laughs> you pretty much yeah. nailed that ex- that uh, uh, <laughs> invitation. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it was. Yeah. It was. I'm just bringing up the box score of the game here. It was the like. It that was the fourth game of the season for uh, Winnipeg, and the third of the season for Toronto, I guess. Um, and uh, yeah, five four and just a wild game uh, scoring summary. There we go. Yeah, yeah, that was Connor Carrick, Nazem Kadri, Nylander, and Kadri with a second opened the scoring for Toronto. Yeah. So seven minutes into the second period, it was four nothing Toronto, and I remember this as a <laughs> fan, as a Jets fan. And all those Leaf fans all around us, you know. Yeah. And I mean all of them. Like, there was obviously way more Jets fans. But the, the Leaf fans, they make themselves known and stuff. And uh, it was just like, uh, it was like, put your head in your hand kind of night. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, Tyler Myers got them on the board with, I think it was a slap shot from the point or something. And then uh, and then they came back. And, and uh, what's his name? Um Morgan Riley of Toronto took a stupid penalty right at the end of the game. I think it was stupid. I assume it was because it was at the end of the game. Um, and at 1905 of the third period, Patrick Lyonet scored a one-timer uh, set up by Nikki Ehlers, and that tied the game and with with Riley in the box. So, yeah, that was that was my uh, one of my very top uh, Winnipeg Jets memories. Absolutely, like. Um, I just, uh, you know, it was, it was such a fun atmosphere because once they started coming back, I remember like, you know, uh, at the, one of the intermissions and just the, it was like, oh, this is not, this is not good. <laughs> like, and then they had a, a great third period and came all the way back to win it. So yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Stands out, obviously. I remember it uh, very well. Classic, classic moment for sure. Yeah. And the fact that yeah. it was against Toronto um, makes it even better. Makes it yeah. even better. <laughs> for yeah. me, I'm and gonna it, I'm gonna yeah. have to say, you know, growing up watching the Jets, you know, pretty much my whole life, seeing them, you know, have success, but then have that success quickly taken away from them by the Edmonton Oilers and or the Calgary yeah. Flames or the Vancouver Canucks, actually, um, <laughs> in the nineties. Um, you know, the Jets were, would always struggle to get out of the first round. And, yeah. you know, honestly, I don't even remember ever seeing them in the second round uh, as a kid. It, it was it, They were always losing first round, and it'd be like yeah. some glimmer of hope. You know, they'd be up 3-1, but then come back and, they, or they, you know, they would lose or <clears throat> be tied or whatever, and you'd still think there'd be a shot. But, you know, just that Smythe division was just a, t- a tough division for the Jets to be oh, in at yeah. that, at, in those years. Like so, almost every cup won in the eighties came out of the Smythe. It seems pretty like. much, yeah. Um, so a couple for, that weren't. So for me, I'm going to have to say, uh, you know, 
because there's so many good ones. It's not my, it's not the moment, but it's one of them for yeah. sure. It's, uh, yeah. it, it, I would have to say it was beating Nashville game seven in Nashville oh, to yeah. go to the third round because yeah. that's when you knew like they were on a run. Um, yeah. unfortunately what happened, you know, unfortunate what happened against Las Vegas, you know, the, the next round or whatever, but it was still, that was still a year to remember for the jets. And the oh. fact that, um, in the deciding game, they just blew them away. And like Pekka Rene got pulled. Yeah. It was a stomping. They just, and you know, like it was just as a jets fan, you, you rarely got moments like that where like you're in a deciding game and they walked in there and they took it to them it was always like oh here's the jets and you know game seven and then they end up losing or you know or like they don't even get to game seven but the fact that it was game seven on the road and the jets like i think they won five one or something in that game seven and uh to bring it up it was it was it was a blowout and like there's that classic shot of pekka rene sitting in the in the corridor tunnel there where you can see after he got pulled yeah um and you can just kind of see uh you know what the jets did to him kind of thing so yeah tyler myers opened the scoring i think right on a goal that was like oh like a from bad angle from, the, from behind yeah exactly Rene's, uh yeah armpit kind yeah. of thing yeah so like yeah i think it was just kind of that it was a moment of um you know, for Jets fans, that was a moment that they never really got to experience a lot. Like being in a deep playoff round in a deciding game and the Jets just stomping the other team. Like that, Yeah, that's a moment that I think a lot of people are going to remember. And that that's whole season was, you know, they finished second overall, you know, like in, they finished one point behind Nashville. Like otherwise they would have had first on oh, the league, they would have had a, you know, that uh, game seven would have been in Winnipeg instead of being in Nashville. Yeah. And they would have had the banner for being number one in the league that year and that kind of thing. But <laughs> but that's the oh, the president's trophy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But Nashville put up a banner for being the best in the West the year they went to the finals, which isn't a real banner, apparently. Or something. I don't know. Well, yeah, no, no, it's not. Only yeah. only you can only you only get that banner if you win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, yeah, yeah. Anyways, it's it was weird. Sorry to derail your thought there. I just yeah. No, I remember talking seeing about, that. Yeah, that's talking funny. banners. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, like just again, that memory stands out because deciding game, especially in the playoffs, where as a Winnipegger you didn't really get to see a lot of wins or a lot of success, and mm. just to, well, to to win a game to win a a, a game seven in such game a, sevens are yeah the most exciting thing in like game sevens and you know hockey game seven just just oh, nothing yeah. beats it right so and that you know, was a you don't, you don't want to see well as, as a, a fan of your team sure like if it was a close game and you win in overtime or whatever but to have a game seven and just completely stomp the other team that's a pretty nice feeling yeah for sure i'd agree yeah, that's a great memory. Um, that whole playoff run was awesome, but that one in particular, very nice. Um, well, let's uh, take a break here. We'll head into the intermission. We'll go get some orange slices and uh, hit the exercise bikes for a few minutes and then um, come out, do your Hockey Night Canada interview, get the towel, 
go back in, hear the coach's speech, and then we'll be very right back out for the second uh, second half, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hockey fans, and welcome back to the second half of Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. Uh, you just heard Dave Ellett scoring a goal for the Winnipeg Jets to make them go up uh, a double overtime goal to make them go up 3-1 on the Edmonton Oilers, scoring on former Vintage Hockey Hair Player of the Week, Bill Ranford. Dave Ellett, of course, last episode named to our all-time Jets team. So, yeah, second half of uh, the show today. We've got some, I, I just kind of, you know, I, I got the hockey cards out recently and uh, was was flipping through them. So I found a few cards, Randy, that I'd like to share with, with you and the listeners, if that's all right. Get her going here. All right. There's nothing wrong with hockey cards. <laughs> well, we're fans of hockey <laughs> card war, as you may know, and the listeners may know, and I think we still need to copyright so, that, maybe. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think if we time, like if you have something time stamped, because what they say is write a letter to yourself and, you know, from the future or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> what <is it? laughs> write a letter to yourself from the future. Yeah. And that's how you copyright something. So, yeah, anyway. we, we, we. Did we do we did hockey card war like in season one? Hey, we must have. Yeah, yeah, we've been playing hockey card <clears throat> war forever, man. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, from way back in the day. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we we would easily have uh you know some evidence to take to us take to court with us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So now that we got the legal matters out of the way, let's talk some hockey cards here. So I kind of did just a quick. Uh, rip through, I've got, you know, how, you know, everybody's hockey card collection probably looks a little something like this. You got a couple of binders, maybe two, three, whatever, however many binders with the sheets in them, right? You get probably four, eight, 12, 16 guys on a page or so. Uh, Isn't it, uh, uh, isn't it three and three, like nine? No. Three by four, 12 or. I thought it was like three. I I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, hey, whatever. The sheets, right? Yeah. And then so you got the sheets. And then you got you've got the hard pla- you've got screw cases, the plastic screw case. Uh, you know, you probably have a couple of those. And then you've got the hard plastic inserts that you like throw dudes in. And then you've got the plastic it's like just sur- not saran wrap, but like but the, the like a sandwich ones. bag. Yeah, like flimsy plastic yeah. to just sort of protect your cards or whatever. And then you've got like the shoebox or whatever with cards just jammed in there. But um, so I grabbed the I grabbed a handful of my like flimsy plastics and just started ripping through those. And I grabbed five <laughs> cards that I thought were interesting. I started out. I wrote five cards that are weird. 
And then I was like, well, not all of these are weird. And then I was like, okay, five cards that are cool. And I'm like, well, some of them aren't really cool. <laughs> so, five cards. So I ended up just, yeah, I just ended up going with five cards that are interesting, I guess. Um, so the very first one I want to go over with you is a pro set card. Um, now, this, this is 1990 pro set. So I don't know if that's 8990 or 9091. Probably 1991 and then published in 1990 because um, they always kind of came out, you know, at the start of the hockey season or whatever, right? Yeah. So this one here, uh, I texted you the photos photos of these so you know which we're talking about. This one's just called The Puck. <laughs> <laughs> the the Puck a, finally gets its recognition. Yeah. <laughs> Never had a hockey card before. It's been on a lot of hockey cards. Yeah. But it's a picture of a trapper, goalie glove, and an NHL puck in the glove. It's bilingual too, La Rondelle. So nice. Um, but yeah, I'll just I'm gonna read the back for you because I think it's hilarious and awesome. Uh, part of hockey since 1856. Weight six ounces. Diameter three inches. When linesmen aren't conducting faceoffs or otherwise managing the game. They're frequently visiting the scorer's booth to pick up the one thing that a hockey game absolutely can't do without, the puck. The home team brings 20 or 30 of the rubber discs to each game. Each game puck measures an inch thick and three inches across and weighs six ounces. They're frozen beforehand so that they will slide instead of bounce on the ice. Pucks are made from raw rubber, parentheses, nine parts synthetic, one part natural, and parentheses, carbon, <laughs> carbon black oils and a curing chemical such as sulfur. These items are mixed, rolled into sheets, and then forced through holes to shape the rubber into individual discs. Then they're baked at 360 degrees for six minutes, after which the edges are crosshatched like a tire to respond to the upcoming stick work. Nice. Silk screening the team logos onto the pucks is the final step. Game pucks cost NHL teams about $1 each and are bought by the case. They're saved as souvenirs by players and fans alike. And remember, when you're at an NHL game, watch the puck. <laughs> so I just thought that was really awesome. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if you agree with me, but it's pretty good. Learned a couple things about pucks. There, there was there there was no like name of the author of that little uh no essay no 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 you'd have to um you'd have to check the pro set employment records for 1990 <laughs> see who was in the editorial department and chances then, are uh, that building burned down a long time ago yeah it's card 705 in the in this pro set that's uh, awesome set. Pretty random. Even the hockey know, card like got a got a or even the hockey puck got a card that year. Right? I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. So my second card I'm gonna highlight is from the exact same set. It's pro set. Uh I guess it's ninety ninety one. Yeah, because the last season the stats on here is eighty nine ninety. So this is the ninety ninety one pro set series from Brantford, Ontario. Wearing number 99, it's Wayne Gretzky. And this is kind of just like the most, in in my eyes, in a way, 
<clears throat> the most classic Gretzky card in a way. Like it's it's just uh, like I would put I, Pro Set probably had this card on the you know like the package or the box that the packages came in. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this was probably. Um, there's nothing really super significant about it. It's just Wayne in a Kings jersey, this high cuffed Jofa mitts, his Titan stick, his Jofa <laughs> lid. Classic look. He's got the um, party dangling out the back. <laughs> There's no ads on the boards. Um, or if they are, they're spaced so much that uh, in this picture, you can't see any. Um you know the fans are into it. I, the, it looks like a road game because in those days he's wearing the black Kings jersey. It's the black and silver Kings jerseys, and uh, in those days the road team wore Dark. the darks, right? Yeah. Like that was still the thing. Yeah. So, um, this this card has on it that in his eleventh season, which would have been, I guess, the one previous to this, this card, Gretzky passed. Childhood or idol Gordy Howe to become the NHL's all-time leading scorer. So that's just one of the facts. Um, they end all of the little write-up uh, saying, oh, he had an injury and he missed uh, some games. And then the last sentence, Gretzky is married to actress Janet Jones. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> but yeah. Um, that's a classic so looking was, card. That like You can't, yeah, you can't right? beat that. Yeah. That's kind of why I chose this one. I'm just like, it's a classic looking card. And I'd also like to point out that these cards I'm, I'm sharing with you today here, they're, they're all mint condition. What are they worth? Probably a total of like $1.50. But <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> the memories are priceless. Yeah, they're mint, baby. Yeah. But um, so they've got <clears throat> four years of stats on the back of this card. So in the four years, the totals for Gretzky were 294 games. So it's 86, two years with Edmonton, two years with L.A., basically. 294 games, 196 goals, 446 assists for 642 points, and 120 penalty minutes. So we always think of Wayne as a gentleman, but he was, and he was, he was. But compared to this guy, the guy on this next card, <laughs> he was no gentleman. This guy was a gentleman. Let me read about... Let me tell you about Harry Watson. So this card, and listeners, I'll be posting these up on the uh, Talking Hockey Podcast Instagram so that you can see them. But um, this card here is Harry Watson of the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's kind of a weird card because Harry is like 80 years old <laughs> in this card. It's like... Old dude strapped up in gear. Full gear, going though, for, yeah. Going for a rip. And it's I really like that. I think it's pretty awesome. Because I it looks like it, it sounds like Harry played in the forties and he might not have had a hockey card back then. He's from Saskatoon. He's a big boy, six one, two hundred. Uh left winger. Played for Detroit, Toronto, Chicago, and Brooklyn. Spent 14 years in the NHL. Um, so let me, I'll just read this one, a uh, little write-up. On the back, it's like, it's the Toronto Tribune, and it it's meant to look like a newspaper. <laughs> it's uh, like an old-timey newspaper. Um, 
This strong, easygoing left winger broke into the NHL in 1941 with the defunct Brooklyn Americans. And during his 14-year career, he became one of the most consistent players in the league. His career was interrupted by a two-year stint with the Canadian Armed Forces. In spite of the interruption, 48-49 became his best season with 26 goals and 19 assists. He, he accumulated an amazing zero penalty minutes that season. So that's why he is the ultimate gentleman compared to Wayne even. He uh, went a full season with zero penalty minutes. That was right after he just did two years in World War II. So that's a great card. I just have one comment. Here. Yeah. So okay, obviously they knew that he was gonna strap on the gear to like take some pictures for a hockey card. But yeah. like, get the guy the right socks. Come on, boys. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know he's got white socks with the blue sweater. Like I, you, uh... you guys knew this. Like this was on the calendar for weeks, and you know someone forgot the blue socks. It's probably like Harry went into the locker room and was strapping up and he was like, wait, what color are we wearing today? <laughs> and then they're like, blue. Oh, and he's I, like, damn, I already put my white socks yeah. on. I got my skates on. <laughs> they're not coming off at this point. <laughs> uh, we'll, let, we'll let Harry have that one. Yeah, pretty awesome. So this, this next card is actually kind of a twofer. So the, the, the last two here, but they kind of go hand in hand. And so the, the next one is a Nicholas Lidstrom pre-rookie card. He's wearing Team Sweden's colors. Uh, it's for the Canada Cup. Uh, Classic the, year. We have to do a yeah. whole episode about that Canada Cup. 91 Canada Cup. Okay. That one sounds day. good. Yeah, yeah, that's the 91 Canada Cup. Uh, so this is an upper deck card. Yeah. I guess this would be 91-92 or something or... I don't know. Uh, I don't I know what year this I is. I think Lindros had a uh, had a pre rookie card that same year. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't really say, but so at this point, Lidstrom, he was um, the Red Wings' third selection in the '89 entry draft, and was expected to make his NHL debut during the '91-'92 season. So it's probably 91-92 season cards, and then this would be the 91 Canada Cup that is pictured in this card. So he played um, he played pro hockey for three years for Vas Teres of the Swedish Elite League. Vas Teres? I don't know how to speak Swedish, so <laughs> <laughs> sorry. But uh, um, yeah, he was at this point, you know, He's maybe 20 years old or whatever he is, but he's already probably one of the best D-men going internationally for sure. He was a star at that Canada Cup. Oh, yeah. And and he'd go on to star for the Detroit Red Wings, obviously, and that's what this next card is. Those are classic unis. I, and this that's kind of why I chose this. And also this is, as it says, this is the pro set. <laughs> rookie. Uh, it's his rookie card. Um, but it's the classic Detroit seven, NHL 75th anniversary year. All the original six teams had pretty dope jerseys that year. Yeah. And these Detroit ones are hard to beat, I think. They're the white and red striped jersey, basically. And you and rarely a, see a Red Wings jersey without the the tire logo and the yeah. wing. So yeah, anytime the, you can see a, see a different one, it's probably pretty cool. 
Yeah, this has the block letters that say Detroit right across the chest or the whatever there. Yeah, pretty awesome. So that's Nick Lidstrom's rookie card on the back. His stats are for the aforementioned Vasteris of the Swedish Elite League. And it says, Nick Lidstrom made his NHL debut in 91-92 with the Red Wings and was paired with veteran Brad McCrimmon, um, who compared the rookie to one of his former defense partners, Mark Howe, son of Mr. Hockey, uh, who was no slouch himself. Um, yeah, and it goes on to say, you know, Sweden won gold in, in the 91 World Championships. He played in the 91 Canada Cup. Third round draft pick of Detroit. So, yeah. And he scored his very first NHL goal against St. Louis on October 17th, 1991. So, yeah. Nick Lidstrom, rookie card, mint condition. (laughs) Yeah. So that's my little uh, hockey card segment, Randy. That's that's what I uh, would like to... That's what I did share. That's what I wanted to share. <laughs> That's nice. Well, let's call that like the five card draw or something like that. Like, Yo. you know, we, we could, uh, we could turn this into, you know, a, a returning segment. I like it. I I'll like just, it cause I'll, I've got, I'll, I'll run this by the 28 crew members here. You mm. guys are, you're all in. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Good? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. good. <laughs> got to get the approval from yeah. higher ups. For oh sure. yeah. They're, they're in. Right on. Okay. Yeah, well, that's good. We'll uh, do up a little jingle and everything. Five card five draw. Card, like five card draw. Um, classic yeah. cards there, uh, and I co- totally like. I have that pro set set of cards, uh, and I totally forgot about the the hockey puck. How it was immortalized. <laughs> so weird. And I had that in like protective plastic. That's funny. Well, it's I probably the it first was... time ever, and the only time it'll ever be on a hockey yeah. card. As a kid, I was just. I, I going through my ones that are in plastic. I'm just like trying to remember the the decision that went into that, you know. And I'm like, why this card? Like, what what's so good about this one? <laughs> There's guys I never heard of. Like, uh, I'm just like, I must have thought this guy is gonna be good, like <laughs> as a rookie or whatever. Yeah, based on whatever, uh, no factor at all, you know, gut instinct. So. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, I got some weird, I got lots of hockey cards and, and it's just a matter of going through them. And so that was kind of fun. So well, we'll I actually, we'll I just found a stash, uh, at home that, uh, you know, maybe next episode when we don't do Jets memories, I will do, I'll be the next person up on five card draw. Nice. Yeah. Um, that sounds good. And actually looking at the calendar here, just kind of got, you know, you know, because days of the week really mean nothing anymore. It's true. Um, Time is but a, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But, <laughs> Time uh, is but a dream. So uh, I'm going gonna, gonna to wrap it up here. Do you, do you have any other uh, things to add for the show here or are you good? I would just like to remind listeners to keep their stick on the ice, even if it is just at this point in time, a proverbial stick on the proverbial ice. Okay. So that's all. Okay, so just looking at the calendar, we would be probably we would be first week of playoffs right now, right? Right. And, and also yeah. we would be um, we would there would be baseball going on right now. And even though there would be That's playoff true. hockey, I still made time for baseball because I do like watching baseball. I find it yeah. quite enjoyable no matter who's playing. So yeah. my song this week is is a um a baseball themed song. 
by a hockey themed band. <laughs> okay. So, so <laughs> do uh, tell more. <laughs> the, the band is the Hextalls, and we've rocked these guys before. Yeah. But yeah. they have a song called Dirty Kelly Gruber. And Kelly oh, Gruber yes. was a uh, third baseman for the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah. So, um, you know, the endless memories of watching Jays games, you know, at all times of the season, whether it was in April or all the way into October when they won the World Series. Yeah, they had um, some good teams back in those days. But yeah, Kelly Gruber was playing the hot corner there for the Jays the, the first year they won the World Series. And I think Ed Sprague was playing third the second time I they won you're right but yep. anyways um i came across this song today and i felt uh you know a little bit of hockey a little bit of baseball is where where would be, where we would be normally at this yeah. time it's um, kind of the, one of the most magical times of the sporting year this time of year and then conversely like october when the nhl's kicking up and the mlb's wrapping up so basically the wrap-up of the nhl season the kickoff of the mlb season and then vice versa. Those are the two most magical sporting times of the year. Oh yeah, in a, in a in a way for sure. I love the first round of the NHL playoffs. They're just it's like Christmas every night. It's like four games or whatever, and it's just and like they're high stakes games. It's like there's obviously nights of the regular season where there's much more than four games, but most of them you're kind of like, yeah, who cares? But like. Um, yeah, the first round of the NHL playoffs, just one of my m- most favorite times of the year. And I have a, a a tradition that was started back when I still lived in Halifax. Um, but uh, this year it's not happening, obviously. Uh, but on the first night of the playoffs, I generally uh, get together with friends, which is, you know, often at a, a sports pub or whatever. And we uh, have a, a very enjoyable you know, kick off to the playoffs. Um, so anyway, yeah, we'll have to rock out to this Kelly Gruber track instead, I suppose. So yeah, we got uh, Dirty Kelly Gruber by the Hextalls. And I believe last time I looked up, looked them up, they're from Vancouver. Uh, any last words for the folks? I guess maybe next week we'll do our favorite Jets memories. Yeah, we'll try to get that on the go for next week. If it doesn't happen next week, well the week after and like we said <laughs> if you're on the house party then uh welcome you're welcome to join us here in yeah house we'd love party. to have you on that'd anyone and everyone yeah that'd be fun so uh and you don't have to come the whole time too that's the beauty of house party you can drop in or out so it's a pretty sweet app uh i've only used it for this honestly we've been zooming with some friends and family like that are in other places and such too but anyway I'm liking it, so. Cool. It works Great show, tonight. Randy. Yeah. It was a pleasure. As always. Uh, yeah, keep your stick on the ice. And uh, here's Dirty Kelly Gruber by the Hextalls. Hextalls.